Well, it is so good to have you at Valley Point Church, and I hope you've had a great experience so far just thinking about our wonderful God. So when you walked in the door today, you were given a program, and inside of the program is a connection card. If you would take that out now, that'd be fantastic. And some of you know the drill here. We want you just to fill this out. So just start the process of doing that. And if you'll put down your name, and if you're here with your spouse, you can put both names on one card, and that'll be just fine. If you are with us for the very first time today at Valley Point, welcome. Really thankful that you're here. And if you would simply fill out as much information as you're comfortable with and mark that first-time guest, we would really appreciate that. On the back of the cards, there is an opportunity for you to put down a prayer request. If you've got something that you would like us to be praying for for you, you can put that down, and we have a team that will pray for the things that you submit. So while you're filling out your connection cards, let me give you a few updates on a couple of things that are happening here at Valley Point. On the very first Sunday in May, we have something called Discover Valley Point. And if you've been around for a while and you're wondering what Valley Point does and and why we do certain things a certain way, we'd love to invite you to come to Discover Valley Point. It's in between the two services, and it's in the cafeteria, which a host team member will help direct you there. Don't have to sign up for it. You can just come, and you can ask some questions, and we'll give you some information about Valley Point. You also have an opportunity to take another step beyond that at our membership class, which is coming in May. And if you've been here for a while but haven't come to a membership class, it happens during the middle of the week. You can actually sign up for that on your connection card as well. We'd love for you to come. This is one of my favorite things to do here uh, because I get the chance just to talk to people about our dream and what God is asking us to do as a church and as a faith community and how you can connect with that. It's a wonderful time, and we have good food there. It's always a great, great night. And so if you'd like to come and consider membership, that's the night to do it. You don't have to become a member if you want to come and kind of just think through that and walk away and decide that later. That's all good. But we'd like to invite you to consider Discover Valley Point first Sunday in May. And then shortly after that is our membership class during the week. So you can take care, again, of the membership class on your connection card. Now, we just walked through a wonderful week here at Valley Point, something called Love Week. And we've had several of these in the past. And I just want to say I'm really, really proud of our church and all of the things that happened this week and the people that made the choice to go and serve and love. And you can see some of the pictures on the screen of the different events and the different people that were involved. And if you had the opportunity to make some food or to participate in a group event in Marcus Hook or Linwood throughout the week, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you for giving up time and caring enough about the communities around us to do simple, practical things without expecting anything in return. We just do this because we love people and we love the communities around us. And if you didn't have the chance to do that, don't worry. There will be more in the future, great opportunities for you to get involved. As a matter of fact, in your program, you can read about something that's coming in May. And next week, you can sign up for that. And we want you to be involved in these things because we're a church that does stuff. 
We do things for others. We give stuff away. We go serve and love because this is what we believe Jesus would be doing. So thank you so much. I've had great reports from teachers that we fed and from police officers who were surprised at the different things that were given to them. And some of these notes are still coming in. People who are just so grateful for a church that does this stuff. So thank you. Great job, church. Give yourselves a hand. Will you do that? All right, we're going to jump into unclutter your life. And before we do that, I'd like to pray. Father, as we move into our conversation now and just think about what you want to say to us, God, help us to be ready to listen. Help our hearts to be awake and our minds to be alert to what it is that you want to whisper into our lives today about the relationships around us and how we can make them even better. God, speak to us, and thank you for this time. We do pray in Jesus' name, amen. Unclutter your life. So this is a two-week series that we have walked through, and today we wrap it up by talking about how we can practically unclutter relationships. Now, last week, we talked about uncluttering our time and just kind of clearing some stuff out. And the reason we want to do that is because we want to increase our relational closeness to Jesus. And sometimes we've got to clear stuff out of the way in order to do that. And when that happens, we have the opportunity to hear from Christ in greater and in clearer ways. So we've got to unclutter some things and we've got to free up our time to increase our relational closeness with Jesus. And I hope that you've had fun thinking about that and doing that as well this past week. Today we want to talk about uncluttering relationships because we all have them, we all have to deal with them, and we all have to figure that component of our life out. So let's unclutter relationships. And I want to begin with a question. How many of you, want to be known as being a lousy friend. Like, this is my goal in life. This is my dream. I just want to be known as being a lousy friend. Any takers on that? Yeah, I didn't think so. See, we don't normally say that. We don't normally think that way. As a matter of fact, we say the opposite. We raise our hand and we say, I want to be known. This is my goal in life. I want to be a great friend. And so we do everything we can to deepen the relationships that we have with family and the key people in our lives. Most of us desire to have healthy, significant relationships. This is what we want. No surprise here. The challenge is that clutter comes into our lives and keeps us from doing this in a great way. I read a book recently that just talked about relationships. And as I was reading it, there were a few things that kind of just jumped off the page at me and grabbed my heart and really just made me think about my own relationships and what's happening in my life. And so I want to read these statements to you. And I want you to see if any of them speak to you and the relationships that you have in life. Here they are. I would just love for my kids to get along and quit fighting. I wish we could have some peace in the house. I wish we could manage our time so we can spend more weekends together. 
I don't feel like I know my husband or my wife anymore. With our schedules, we hardly even have time to talk. I wish I could just have one friend, just one friend, that I could talk to anytime. I wish that I could have better relationships with my stepchildren. Or I have lots of family around me, but I am so lonely. See, there seems to be this one thing that kind of gets in the way of relationships being better, and that is time. Complete the sentence with me. I just wish that I had more time. That's it. If I had more time, I'd be a better friend. If I had more time, I could invest in the relationships around me. If I just had more time. And the reality is, it takes time to have great relationships. And so what I want to do today is simply talk about how we can unclutter our lives in this area of relationships. So let's think about this for just a moment. I want you to consider one relationship in life that you would like to improve. This one relationship with one individual that you would like to move along and really improve in a significant way. Think about that person. You probably have multiple people, but I want you to consider just one person that you would love to see this relationship improve. Do you have that person in mind? All right. If you have that person there, they probably fall into one of three categories. So let's just talk about some of these categories. Here's category number one. It's parents to children. And this is a huge category and affects a lot of us, obviously. And so that's why we want to talk about this. I read in a survey recently that most parents think they're doing okay with raising their kids. Okay. Not great, not amazing, but just okay. And in this particular survey, they asked the question, I feel strongly that I really know my kids. And then they broke it up into different age groups and people responded. And here's what they discovered. They discovered that the real challenge with kids and knowing them and having wonderful relationships with them seems to become a great challenge as children age. And so that's why they asked this question. I feel strongly that I really know my kids. And the results were kind of interesting. Now, if the oldest child was under six when they walked through this survey, here's what they discovered. 78% of parents felt strongly that they had a great relationship with their kids and that they really knew them. 78%. It's pretty good. Now, if the oldest child was 9 to 11, I don't know what happened to the 7 and 8-year-olds in this survey, They kind of got skipped, so if you've got one of those, you're just in trouble, and you'll have to figure that on your own. But what they discovered, if the oldest child was in this age range, that dropped to 58% of parents saying, I feel strongly like I know my kids. The oldest child was 12 to 18. That dropped to 48%. And if the oldest child was 19 or older... That dropped to 43% of parents who said, I feel strongly like I know my kids. 
Now, stats are just stats. They don't share the whole story. But there's kind of a disturbing trend here that tells us the older our kids get, the less we know them. And as parents, here's what we tend to do with that. To compensate for these dropping percentages, uh, percentages, we compensate for that by adding a lot of activities and events to the lives of our kids. And we throw in all of these experiences and we do lots of things with them and our kids become experience rich because they do a lot of stuff. But along the way, what we're discovering is that relationships are not strong. So while our kids are becoming experience rich, they're relationship poor. And it's kind of a problem and a challenge that we as parents have to figure out. And so maybe the individual that you're thinking about improving a relationship with is one of your kids. And if we're going to do that, we've got to unclutter a little bit. Here's category number two. It's spouses to each other. And obviously that affects a lot of people as well. And I read recently that 58% of people who are married believe that they have a strong marriage. And that sounds pretty good, 58%. Until you get on the other side of that and you think about how 42% of marriages cannot say the same thing. So maybe you're here and the relationship that you're thinking about improving, the one that's on your mind, is the relationship that you have with your spouse. Here's category number three. It's other. So this catches everybody, right? If you haven't been hit yet, we've just got this whole other category. If you're a student or a single person, maybe you're thinking about strengthening a relationship with your parent or a friend or an enemy or a boss or a coworker or a fiancé or somebody like that. Okay, in your program, you've got some space for a writing assignment. So take that out and grab a writing utensil because I want you to complete this sentence. In order to strengthen a key relationship in my life, I will dot, dot, dot. What are you going to do? So we've tried to think about this key relationship that we want to improve. And in order to strengthen that key relationship in life, what do you think you're going to do? Now, as you're writing that and as you're considering that, here are a few rules about your change statement. Same rules we threw out last week. Be specific. This can't be too broad. It has to be very specific. Make the commitment for a brief time so that you can conquer it and do it. And don't just say what, but say how you're going to improve the relationship. So while you're writing that down, let me give you my statement. So this is something I've been thinking about. So in order to strengthen a key relationship in my life and become a better dad, I will compliment I'm going to leave the person out so they can remain anonymous, all right? It's one of my kids. So I'm going to compliment one of my kids. I probably should do all, but I'm thinking about one, remember? So I will compliment this individual twice a day for the next seven days. At the same time, I will refrain from sarcasm, which is not fun, by the way. And as fathers, I think we're supposed to embrace a great deal of sarcasm, so I've got to ditch all of that in an effort to really compliment this particular individual. So look at what you've written now. 
right? A lot of people are still looking at me. Look at what you've written. See that statement there? Expect resistance. Expect pain. But expect God. See, as you try to pull this off, there will be resistance and there will be pain. It's a difficult thing to do. But I think if you choose to improve a significant relationship in your life, that God will show up and God will help you because God is all over our relationships being better. So what kind of resistance? What kind of pain can we expect? Well, I was reading another book recently called The Simple Life, and they shared five different hindrances to relationships, and I think they all apply to this. So as we think about resistance and pain and pushback, here's where it comes. First of all, there's gender differences. Men and women are just different, right? And because they're just different, there's some challenges there. There's also faith differences. See, if you're following Christ... And if you're chasing hard after him and the person you want to improve your relationship with is not on that path, there's just going to be some unique challenges there. And you can expect resistance. There's commitment differences. See, when one person is not committed to the relationship, it's going to be hard. There's time differences. I mean, if there is not enough time for the relationship to grow and improve, if people don't dedicate time to this, It's going to be difficult. And there's also money differences, meaning that relationships get kind of weird when there are disagreements over finances. By the way, a little plug here. I'm really excited about next week because we're going to begin a series called The Generosity Ladder. And we're just going to take a look at what God says about money. And God has a lot to say about money. It's interesting, and we're going to investigate that, and we're going to talk about getting on the generosity ladder and climbing that, and we're going to have a lot of fun with this because money differences are real. All right, that's a lot of stuff. And it's time to unclutter our lives when it comes to relationships. I think we all want this. We all desire this. So what is it that we have to do? And I want to say here that relationships are messy, aren't they? And they really, really are. When you're dealing with people, there's challenges and there's disagreements and there's hurt feelings and we've got to ask forgiveness and we've got to give that. Relationships are very, very messy. It's not often clean. We don't get along all the time. Relationships are messy and that's okay. We're going to figure out how we can unclutter these messy relationships. So how do you do that? Here's our big idea for today. Unclutter relationships by sacrificing self-focus for an outward focus. That's what we have to do. It's the only option. We have to sacrifice a focus on me. And we love me, don't we? This is hard for us. So we've got to figure out how to sacrifice a focus on me for a focus on other people. The people that we care about. The relationships that we want to improve. The paragraph that we're going to unpack today is found in Philippians chapter 2. And I'm so excited about reading this to you. And I'm excited about walking through this because there are some amazing things said about relationships right here. So I'm going to start reading with verse 1. And out of respect for God and his word, I'd like for you to stand with me as I read through this. 
Verse 1. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? So we've got a list of questions here to get us thinking about this. Verse 2. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. That's annoying. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. You may be seated. So what I want to do with Philippians chapter 2 and the verses that we just read is kind of pull out some steps that are going to help us unclutter relationships. So here we go. Step number one, recognize the need. This is where we have to begin. Recognize the need. Now here's the reality. If we never recognize the need to deepen our relationships and improve them, we'll just kind of keep drifting. And I believe there is too much at stake and life is too short to just keep drifting with our relationships. There's a lot at stake here. And so we have to recognize the need. Now let me ask you, as you think about this one person that you want to improve that relationship with, do you recognize the need? I mean, do you see how important it is? Do you understand that life is short and we don't have all of the time in the world? This is an urgent thing. Do you recognize the need? Now, these words are written by Paul. He's the author. And he's writing to a group of people at a church in the city of Philippi. And he's trying to get them to understand how important deep relationships with other people really are. And so he begins in verse 1 with a series of questions to get them thinking about this. And then he really pours it on with verse 2. Here's what it says again. Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. And while this was written by Paul for a group of people at a church, when you consider these words, this is the heart of God for us as well. It's like you can imagine, and you can picture God saying this to us. Hey, church. Hey, Valley Point Church. They're in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. How about you? Here's what you get to do. You can make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Make me truly happy happy. Now, it just continually blows my mind that I get the opportunity to make God happy. I mean, this is what he says here in verse 2, right? You have a shot at making me happy. 
And that just blows my mind because I know who I am and what I do and what I think about. And perhaps you feel the same way. That God could never be happy with me, but he actually can be. And so he just spits it out right here and says, here's how you can make me happy. This is possible. So do you want to make God happy? Do you want to put a smile on the face of God? Want to add a little pep in your step? Do you want to impact the lives of the people around you? Then do verse 2. As a matter of fact, I'd love for everybody to memorize this verse. So that's your homework today. You get to go home, and before anything else, you need to sit down, open up a Bible, and memorize verse 2. Just memorize this thing, because it helps us to know I can make God happy by doing this stuff. But don't just memorize it. Actually do it. This helps us recognize the need. And it's truly a great need. Here's step number two. Move toward selflessness. Not away from it, but toward it. Love verse three. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. And don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. This is what I love about scripture. It just kind of comes right out and says, here's what you need to do. And that's why we unpack a paragraph every Sunday because it's helpful, it's relevant, and it's real. Now, do you see the phrase in verse three, treat others better than yourselves? Do you see that? Here's what that means. Treat others better than yourselves. It's exactly what it means. Actually, when you drill down on the word better here, Here's how you can define it in the original language. It means to be above, to excel, to be superior, to be better than, to surpass. And so this is what we're supposed to do for other people. How hard is that? Well, it's possible that this might be the hardest thing to do in life when you think about it. You mean I have to let other people excel over me? I have to place others above me. I have to let them be superior to me. I have to let other people be better than me. I have to let others surpass me, and I need to be okay with that. See, this is exactly what God is saying to us. And this is a hard thing to do. See, it sounds okay to say, move away from selflessness. That's all good until it involves Me making you better than me? You know, I'm not so sure about that. That's kind of hard. I grew up in a family of six. And I now have a family of eight. And there are multiple opportunities throughout the day when I was growing up and throughout the day in my life now to move away from selflessness. Multiple opportunities all over the place. And I miss every single one of them. I really do, because I like me. And I like thinking of me as above everyone else in my family. And I love thinking about me and my needs as more important than everybody else. And some of the other key relationships that I have in life, I do the same thing with. And God's like, you got to move away. Just move away. Unclutter the relationship and move away uh, from being a selfish individual. I have a prayer that I pray 
every morning with my kids after we eat breakfast and we get ready to send them off to school. And the prayer is, God, give us a great day and help us to think of others first. I pray this every day. A couple of weeks ago, one of my daughters said, Dad, when are you going to stop praying that prayer? And I kind of flippantly said, well, I guess I'll never stop praying that prayer the way you guys act. <laughs> and I pulled off the evil dad laugh, and I thought it was hilarious, and nobody else laughed. And then it occurred to me, I'll never be able to stop praying that prayer because of me. See, this is just a lifelong challenge. And we'll probably never get it right. It's a lifelong challenge, but it's a godly pursuit that we must chase of helping other people be better than us and moving toward selflessness. Lifelong challenge, but a godly pursuit. Here's step number three. Remind yourself again and again of the example of Christ. And then remind yourself again and again of the example of Christ. Because I think sometimes we look at this stuff and we say, it can't be done, it's too simple, too easy, and people will walk all over me and I can't let that happen. And when we begin to think that way, we have to remind ourselves again and again of the example of Christ. In verse 5 and following, we have what theologians call the kenosis. The kenosis is a word that speaks of the self-emptying of Christ and how he became a servant for all of us. So you must have this same attitude. Like this is not an option here. It's not just a great idea. You need to have the same attitude and the same thinking that Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. See, talk about selfless. Talk about thinking of others first. This really is the ultimate example, and that's why we have to remind ourselves again And again, of the example of Christ, when we feel that putting other people above us is not working out too well for us, because this is exactly what God asked his son to do. And by the way, we're not going to have to die a criminal's death on a cross, okay? That's probably not going to happen to anybody here, which means this, and don't miss it. Taking the humble position of being a servant Just being humble about this and being a servant and placing other people above us is very doable. Very doable. So here's some takeaways for us. And you don't have any blanks on these. They come in the form of a question. And I want to present these to you. And I want you to think about that person again, this individual that you want to improve your relationship with because there's some questions that you might be able to ask them that can really initiate this. And so write one of these down, think about it, and be ready to do it. Here's the first question. What would you want me to change about my attitudes or actions so that we can have an even better relationship? 
This is a hard thing. I've got to ask somebody about what I need to change about me. We're often pretty good, at least I know I am, about going to other people and saying, you know, you need to change this and this and this, and your life would be a whole lot better. But going to somebody and saying, what do I need to change? You know, I don't know about that. It's tough, but it helps us to become a humble servant. Question two, can I eliminate some material possession that might be hurting our relationship? Like maybe there's a thing in the way. Maybe there's a money item in the way that could just be removed and the relationship would improve. Number three, are there casual activities that interfere with our relationship? I guess am I just really, really busy? Do I need to unclutter a few things and remove all of that? Number four, would my children eliminate some of their activities if they had the choice? Not if I had the choice as a parent, but if they had the choice, would they eliminate some things? Now, I want you to go back to your program and look at your statement of change, what you wrote down that talks about improving a key relationship in your life. Unclutter that relationship. Unclutter it. You can do this. It can happen, and that relationship can improve in unbelievable ways. If we sacrifice self-focus for an outward focus, not the easiest thing to do, but yet something that Christ set the example for us, and if we walk in his steps, and if we follow his pattern for living and dealing with people, we can have success and unclutter relationships. Father, we're so thankful for today and for this wonderful paragraph of scripture that talks about how we can unclutter the relationships that we have and even deepen them and improve them. And God, this is what we want to do. And this is what you want for us. We can make you happy this way. So God, I pray that you'd help us to chase that. Help us not to walk out of here and do nothing. God, help us to walk out and take this statement of change that we've written and implement it. Help us to grab a step and run after that. Help us to memorize Philippians 2, verse 2, so that we can remind ourselves how we can make you happy. God, help us to walk out ready to do something and change so that we can unclutter the relationships that we have in life. God, we know that you'll help us to do that, and we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.